All right, we are live for the Wednesday edition of the Hangout. Uh, excited to have the guys uh, back on air and uh, try to navigate and talk through some of this stuff happening in the mainstream news and share our two cents on it from a different perspective. But in the middle, we have Mr. Tom here, and on the far right or far left, we have Mr. Andre. And so, gentlemen, how are we doing uh, this middle of the week? Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. I'm trying to stay dry out here in California, <laughs> San Francisco. It's kind of hard. <laughs> I don't doubt it, man. So before we went live, we're talking about just, you know, everybody's keeping their eye on some particular subject and uh, definitely want to just touch on that a little bit and just, you know, try to bounce ideas off each other and, you know, just, you know, definitely get a laugh out of all this as well. So I guess the most uh, recent announcement that I've caught my attention, but Tom, you paid more attention to it is the uh, the Biden documents or whatever that stuff is, man. So Outside of, of course, it coming about at the right time to divert our attention, distract us, give us something to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I don't have hopes for it, but perhaps you might have something, uh, you know, unique to share. So go ahead, man. What, what's the Biden documents about, man? See, I think this is a beautiful representation of the intelligence state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, the permanent ruling class mm-hmm. getting caught with their pants down, right? Because I've made some bad predictions on what was going to happen with Congress, but what we got was the weaponization of government um, uh, commission being headed by Jim Jordan with extreme authority to go after everything. Mm-hmm. So the day after this this um, panel gets, uh, what's the word, Adjour- adjourned or um, commissioned, whatever you want to call it, right. the day after this gets announced, now all of a sudden, we just so happen to find out that at 101 Washington Ave at UPenn, where Biden is a um, like a commemorative professor, we find some top secret documents. <laughs> and not only are they top secret, they're top secret compartmented documents, meaning they're above top secret, meaning if they were compartmented by the FBI, the CIA can't see them or vice versa. <laughs> and everybody wants to compare this to Trump. There is no comparison. This is a federal crime, black letter, letter of the law. Biden at the time was not a president. He was a vice president. So for him to have had these documents, he would also need a corresponding letter for every page of every document from Obama saying this is what the document is. And it's also declassified. So where is that? So this is way different than Trump. Then that uh, that page I sent you. Apparently, now we found more documents. Then come to find out, also, this UPenn uh, professor gig thing that Biden, former Vice President Biden got when he mm-hmm. was former Vice President before he was the steward yeah. of the United States, was paid for by the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> so explain to me how this, this former Vice President, having classified top-secret compartmented Top secret documents mm-hmm. in a paid for by the Chinese Commun- Communist Party office somewhere at UPenn at 101 Washington Avenue mm-hmm. is not worse than a former president having what they are calling classified documents that he could classify by waving his hand over and saying they're declassified in a uh-huh. stiff at Mar-a-Lago. It's, it's absolutely insane. And the media uh-huh. spin is nuts. But mm-hmm. I think this is why it's coming out is because of the Jim Jordan, the weaponization of government panel. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh crap, now we got we, we got the fuzz coming. We need, to, we need to distract them somehow. We gotta get these people off our back. Let's throw Biden under the bus. Because oh, yeah. Biden's a puppet anyway. 
So we will we will throw them a bone, let them go after Biden so they don't come after the deeper deep state, I guess. And I, I love how uh-huh. I love how Tom tell all these jokes without <laughs> with a straight face, man. Like you gotta be kidding, man. You, you just gotta be joking, right? <laughs> yeah, and like you know, that, I mean, you're literally you're you're, you're giving us the wrap of everything that's took him, taking place. And once again, like somebody in the comment mentioned, like, you know, just like the Twitter files, like they dumped the, they dumped all of the information out in the world. Here we are, what, two weeks, three weeks, a month later. And so at yeah, this yeah. current moment, to me, what I realize is that they can release or anything can be purposely, intentionally placed and exposed. And because the people it, it exposes, they control everything as well as a narrative. You shouldn't really expect anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and what you know, what type of release would need to come out for people to be like, well, damn, like you know, we need to really make something, we need to really do something about this, or you know, <laughs> this is the bone all. the media is gonna run with, though. We shouldn't expect anything from this, a because it's a lopsided judicial system. Mm-hmm. And 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 if we're just talking black and white, like just plain letter of the law, this is a crime, this is a felony, yeah. this yeah. is the FARA Act, the Federal Records Act. This isn't the Presidential Records Act, which has no criminal element attached it's a bookkeeping uh procedure the federal records act is a felony it's 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 a felonious enforcement there's there's a way to put people in jail over this as with donald trump there is no such thing that's why they had to tie in the espionage so we're not going to see that it's just a it's a bone to chase it's a good thing his name is biden i mean just because look at his son like all the crimes yeah, like uh, <laughs> the whole laptop, like the laptop, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop was, you know, flushed under the rug. We all know it was mm-hmm. real, but then again, it didn't get, didn't get no airway. It came right. out as legit. Now it's disappeared again. So, right. you know, but out of curiosity, you know, for you guys, can you name any political figures that were was either uh, still in office or freshly out of office that was a, a named figure that actually got tried and par- prosecuted for some type of crime? that you know like really was like some treason type stuff that really mattered anybody come to mind I don't... anthony weiner is the only one i can think of and that wasn't treason it was child pornography so was well, he I... sacrificed though was because i mean that's your stuff usually doesn't happen unless you're you've been isolated and they want to you know disrupt you like you know you were ratted out because usually I they think... protect their own andre might remember it better i don't remember the specifics well, of weiner you know i don't remember like anyone who can directly fit that model but this gives me opportunity to pay homage to what i consider who i consider the greatest politician of all time uh that's uh mayor marion barry if you know it's from watch the dc fame okay uh the mayor who was caught with a crack pipe in a hotel room with a prostitute and got reelected. just happened <laughs> You talk about politicians, it's hard to top Marion Barry, man. Like, I mean, this dude is on film with a prostitute smoking crack and got reelected. So what that year? says a lot of what year? Yeah, better than thereabouts. Hold on, uh, I got uh, it was that nineties. Let me see here. So I found just, you know, of course, I gotta find some headlines. So let me see here. So Marion Barry says he never, <laughs> he, never hey, he had the crack pipe. I say smoked it. But he said, so, there it is. If ever in your career, you have to say I never smoke crack, you're in <laughs> So it was Not 1990 it. FBI surveillance footage of him smoking crack pipe in the Vista Hotel. 1990. Yeah. And this says a lot about the American 
uh, electorate, right? I mean, this guy got reelected. So you got Biden with a little laptop. You got photos, films. You got eyewitnesses. You got people who did business, uh, business with him. What's that dude, uh, Joey? A uh, business guy. Um, Joey, business guy. I know. Uh, yeah. Come back. Anyway, I'm horrible with names, but he testified. Well, he gave an interview. Oh, Bobolinsky. Yeah, Bobolinsky. Yeah. yeah, Biden's the big guy. All this stuff, and, and guess what? So, like, <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> like, nothing happens. So, yeah, I don't. He also <laughs> said he wasn't gonna. He was not gonna. Uh, uh, he, he wasn't going to cooperate with the national security system on these documents that we were just talking about. He, he came out with that today, I think, or his lawyers did. They said, they're, oh, we're not going to communicate or, or cooperate. Yeah, Biden. Yeah, you you have classified documents on the president. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Have fun. I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine today. He said, you know, he said, what's to do about this? This mm-hmm. being the situation we're in. I said, first, there's exposure. First, people have to be exposed to this. And then they have to kind of understand what they're being exposed to. Because right now, the, Demo- the left side, uh, I don't really want to say Democrats. I'm, I'm leaning towards socialists and Marxists. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know they can't stand against logic, right? So the best way to defeat that is to not to let you hear it. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly what's happening with Biden. The only people who are talking about Biden's laptop are people on the right mm-hmm. who don't watch CNN, who don't watch MSNBC, who don't, you know what I mean? So the people who do watch CNN and MSNBC, NBC, PBS, the BBC, they're not going to hear anything about Biden's laptop. They're probably this thing about Biden with classified documents that they'll probably say some for seven seconds about that, like they did with the Twitter file. Yeah. So unless more and more people get exposed to this, uh, it's just going to keep happening. I mean, let's look at how many people voted for Marion Barry knowing he was right. smoking crack in a hotel with a prostitute. And you <laughs> it know was what? the 90s, though. That could have been why they voted for him. It was Imagine, okay, so I'm not even, you know, I, w- I was a lot younger, so I wasn't even, I mean, I heard about it, but wasn't aware of it. But think about this. It made me feel bad, Mike. And that's all good. That's all, 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 all political parties, they put forth their best foot. And so if you put the, you put a, so you put a competitor against Barry that the, they just, just to complete the detestable, people hate him. Then who do you vote for? It's a no-brainer. You vote for yeah, Barry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you give him an inferior, you know, opponent that is deliberately picked to make right. Barry look like a damn hero, I well, he you know, he made a you know, you know, who let him cast the first stone? Who who did? Who ain't smoke crack? You know what I'm saying? Like right, right. Right. <laughs> easy on my guy. You know what I'm saying? Type right. of stuff. You know, they can spin the narrative just like how they want to, and of course, he right. got elected. So he was selected. Everybody right. has been selected. McCarthy's yeah. been selected. Yeah, like Mike is absolutely. I mean, so I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Mike is absolutely correct. He, it's it's like, okay, th- this Democrat's bad, but look at what this Republican did. You're gonna let you know vote for this. You might as well vote for this. It, right. It's uniparty crap. Mike is absolutely yeah. correct. It's oh, it's just God. like, okay, you this guy's a scumbag. I'm gonna find a bigger scumbag. Make sure this right. scumbag wins. Just fine. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I somebody dirtier with a, with, a, with, a, with a much longer rap sheet make him look like a saint. You know what I'm saying? He looks like... Crack. I got a photo with a needle hanging out of his arm. <laughs> right. hey, let's, hey, let's roll in that guy from Florida. Remember the, uh, the guy got caught oh, in the yeah. motel room at the orgy with smoking meth? And oh, he's all Democrats, right? man. Like, yeah. Hold on, who was that? Give me, give me his name. Uh, Let me look him up. Uh, oh, uh, Tallahassee uh, mayor. Didn't um, he run against DeSantis? Yeah. Um, Gilliam, Gilliam, somebody Gilliam. in the chat. The, man, up. Tallahassee mayor caught, was he caught with something? Dead oh, people caught, in crack. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in a motel room with having a gay orgy uh, with meth. Okay. Uh, former Gillum. Lawyer. I think it's Gillum. Yeah, yeah it's Gillum. Andrew Gillum. Andrew Gillum. And that's recent. That's a couple of years. I mean, it's in the playbook. So he meanwhile, just you get, really, Wow. Yeah. Just, so meanwhile, uh, you got. No, ain't died on wire for our charges. Like, this was like last year. <laughs> so. <laughs> so <laughs> All of, just imagine all the black churches he went to mm-hmm. <laughs> looking for votes. Well, and then, that, and then the next week, on. he had a, a, a gay orgy smoking meth. Like, who who votes for these people, man? Seriously. People who <laughs> are completely oblivious. And unfortunately, I, I'm, you know, I know for a fact, like, you know, uh, a lot of the older generation in my family in particular, it was like, you know, like you said, Dre, before yeah, it's like yeah. it's vote democratic just because. Yeah. And so like here in Detroit, we had Kwame Kilpatrick. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. 10, 15, what, 15 years ago, you know, he got caught up with all types of stuff at the, at the mayor's mansion, yada, yada, yada. Did some time. And so now he's trying to reinvent himself. Okay. You know, everybody deserves a second shot. Okay, cool. Right, right. But in the midst and of Trump, all that. Trump partner. Yeah, Trump yeah good point. Good point. So everybody, so like in the midst of all that, everybody in the city knew that it was just co- pure corruption, just because mm-hmm. of all the special deals, special interests, and everybody getting contracts for the city. All those yep. people, a good portion of the people, are in jail now. So yep. they they were caught, but it's one of yep. the things where those are small crimes compared to the federal level, like in D.C. and beyond. So anyway, but guy went to junior high school, we got caught up in that. He did federal time. One of my friend's mothers, man, who was a part of the, you know, special contract. She's doing hard time right now. So it's unfortunate. But But speaking of both of you guys, like both what you're saying, when you're talking about like either local politicians or mayoral governor, whatever, and they're corrupt and they're found out after the fact, whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. They were found out. But like Mike, you were just saying, everybody in Detroit knew at this time that it was grease the palms, get the building Mm -hmm. permits, whatever the frig. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How does that shake out when you learn that it's the president and the FBI who watches the watchers, who judges the judges, who enforces law enforcement when it's the FBI? And then right. at what point does trust break down? Because that's uh, my that's my big concern. As much as I hate all this stuff, I'm also yeah. somewhat fearful that like at some point enough people are going to wake up and be like, this is all so crazy and corrupt i don't mm-hmm. trust any of you our institutions are already broken down 
that that's well, my yeah. concern like i i would still like some semblance of society to rebuild when things go bad i don't want everybody just going mad max and you know <laughs> thunderdome well, well I, think, unfortunately, I, I don't think that's happening no time soon i'm not too confident in there being a real shakeout until it's, it's obvious and unfortunately mm. i don't think it's gonna happen until people actually are in the midst of probably the most uncomfortable and painful situations that they've ever experienced and at that point they wake up and realize that you know it's it's nobody coming to save you and you know you, you were being duped all along especially like what's going on with the health situation right now mm-hmm. a lot of people have woken up to the fact that you know i didn't really mm-hmm. need to take three four five like they you know like they mm-hmm. sold me so i think the trust is breaking down but will it be enough in time and will it matter so anyway i yeah, think I, that I, nfl I, thing was important i think that was a big important stepping stone i feel terrible for that that gentleman but i think that was an important thing to put it in people's face like yeah look yeah, to at least bring it to people's attention because, like you said, Tom, last week, and you kind of painted a dark picture of, like, this thing has to basically be not destroyed, but not destroyed and built back up. Like, there's a necessity to that, and I think you're right. Unfortunately, I I think you're right. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we're going to have, you know, it's like writing a, a uh, plot in the story like you got you you come you got the beginning and then you're going uphill then you get the climax which is like if it's a horror movie it's all blood and gore and then you get the resolution on the back end where everybody's happy right i think we're climbing up that top about to hit that peak where where it climaxes and everybody's like in dire straits i mm-hmm. i i was hoping i didn't get to live to see that part because you can see it coming yeah, like, yeah. I was hoping this would happen in, like, 50 years or, like, 60 years. But this is coming so fast, and I don't know if this is a good time to transition, but that uh, AI chat thing I, I mentioned earlier is yeah. a part of that. Like, yeah. you know, you get to a point where human labor becomes irrelevant. Yeah. And how many – of course, there will be a time in the future where people will say, you know, 40 years ago, People used to work. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, we ain't doing nothing. We chilling. Everything's great. But if you're in that transition phase, that's going to hurt. Hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and the answer is that we're in that transition phase now is just in certain sectors. It's real small, mm-hmm. incremental. So you think about the most repetitive, you know, jobs that literally like so fast food. You know what I'm saying? Fast mm-hmm. food, the restaurant industry right now. It's probably right. being impacted the most with robots flipping stuff and stuff in the kitchen, yep. McDonald's, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Next sector will be the truck drivers. They got the driverless yep. trucks now and then the driverless yep. dad. And so it's it's out there, but it won't happen all at once. It's going to be small right. increments that, you know, five years from now, we look up like, wow, this happened. Like, you know, how did this happen to us? You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. a revolutionary type of experience we're having now. So it's already underway now. So, yeah. so one of the things is like seeing it happening, you know, what can we do differently now to get ahead of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, you don't want to be the victim. You want to be the victor. Right. But how do you actually do that? It's the biggest question that faces humanity. You know what I'm saying? Well, I always gave an analogy. Of, and I don't know if this directly answers your question. But back when Japan had that tsunami, mm-hmm. I think it was 2012, and there was this video circulating. And uh, it's when the water receded. So just to give you a visual picture, you can see like you can you can see these people walking down the street and there was people up on like in these apartments 
saying, you know, yelling, get out of the street, get out of the street, because they can see far away mm. and see this water coming. Mm. And you see them just strolling down the street like, okay, something's coming because I'm walking in a little water. Then you could see, like, during the video, you could see it. No, now it's at their knees. Yeah. It's like, that was less than 30 seconds. And now they're, like, kind of going fast. Then it's at their waist. Then it's at their shoulders. And then they just get wiped away in, like, three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if you are walking in tsunami water, you're already too late. Yeah. Right? So how do you prepare yourself not to be in tsunami waters? And I think that's what Mike and Tom and myself have been talking about for a long time. Mike with the precious metals and finance, Mm -hmm. Tom telling people about politics and me alerting people about the narrative that we're under. So Mm -hmm. I don't think we can stop a tsunami. I think it's coming. I don't think, you know, we're going to get out there march in front of Google and say, stop AI. Like, (laughs) it ain't going to happen because if Google stops, it's just going to go somewhere else. So I think just to be cognitive and aware of it, not afraid of it, aware of it so you can prepare for it. So you won't tell your 12-year-old kid to get a, make sure you go to college and get a degree in English. Like you're wasting your time and money, right? So there's just certain things you should do going forward, knowing that, you know, a lot of these jobs won't exist in five five years. Like you might have a hobby, you know, you know I mean? You can still make a horse carriage, but you ain't selling none, right? right? So like, now, I one think, of the biggest things, go ahead, go ahead, Tom. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think this, this leads right back into what we were just talking about in that it's all about trust right because you're, you're right you're definitely right like this ai is going to um supplant a lot of people but what does that take it takes trust in the ai being more intelligent or at least as intelligent and this is an original thought that i had but i heard this somewhere what is the most common ai that we all deal with on a day-to-day basis it's traffic lights and why do we obey them because we we just instinctively know that red means stop and green means go but they're ai systems and the only reason that they have any power over us is because we allow them to help have power over us Mm -hmm. so if we are operating under the assumption that chat gpt and open ai are creating new ideas instead of just uh, molding other people's ideas together then Mm -hmm. we're giving that system power over us and it's going to be people like the three of us here that are going to realize like, hey, this thing isn't smart. Everybody else is just stupid. And I think that's going to be it. It, It's not going to be, you don't need to be smart. You just don't need to be stupid. You you just got to realize like, this thing isn't, isn't, isn't writing Tom Sawyer. It read Tom Sawyer and it's rewriting it for me. And it's just mixing everything together. If I say, show me Ronald McDonald eating a French fry, it's going to do it because there's 15 billion images on Google. So it's just, it, it all comes down at the end of the day at society at the most basic level is trust. Mm-hmm. And if, as long as we are all smart enough not to trust this satanic AI nanobot crap, yeah. I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Now, speaking of which, you know, I just thought I had a thought about, you know, the internet of things is a part of the fourth industrial revolution, which is being promoted and pushed out there. We know it, but the internet of things is the overarching technology that is feeding the ai machine learning models i mean it's all just software but yet everybody including us three in real time we're always supplying these models data and so all the stuff that's been free facebook whatsapp all this free stuff on the internet 
they're collecting it and using it to formulate and grow and gather all this data. And they're just spitting it back out when we ask ChatGPT a question. It's taking, you know, 100 years of data and it's giving us a paragraph that makes it look like this is the smartest thing of all time. So it's not necessarily it's nothing new. It's just they're doing it in a new fashion where they're able to collect data in real time and spit it out in a second. And it's disruptive because, you know, with that, it's taking on a life form of its own, unfortunately. Like, I've heard and seen some things like in the Middle East, they got, uh, I mentioned this before, but I think Saudi Arabia has a first robot with citizenship and Japan yep. has a first one with citizenship and they've, mm-hmm. they're all plugged into the internet. They're sucking out all the data that mm-hmm. how many other people who, who have a smartphone, we're all being, we're all feeding it. So we're what all feeding you push it in front of a bus. Huh? You're in jail. You push it in front of a bus, you get murder charges. Uh, it, it has a citizenship. So, I mean, even though it's like, it's not even walking, it's like, you know, so, so you, you saw Will Smith kiss the, the robot, right? No. You just see Will Smith kiss that robot? So it's that. Sophia. Sophia is her name. Sophia. She's yeah, I know Saudi he kissed Arabia. She's in Saudi Arabia. And she's like, like, uh, she's like a citizen. Like, they gave her first citizenship. Let me look it up real mm-hmm. quick. But so that's, anyway, been, so, that's been a while ago. Marriage counseling. Yeah. That's, that that's was a while ago, counseling. too. But, wow. you know, with the AI, um, there's, I don't know if I'm being repetitive here, but there's, you know, there's this thing I heard someone say, well, you know, it, it's just going to create, like technology always does, it creates new jobs and opportunities. And there's, yes, that's true. However, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think for the first, and this is just my opinion, uh, for the first time in human history, we've come, we as humans mm-hmm. have come across technology that doesn't, that not only enhances our lives, but destroys the need for human labor. So when when they created the industrial, not the industrial, the combustion engine, mm-hmm. Ford came up with the factory. And you had, if you were making, like I said earlier, uh, buggy wagons, you got put out of business. But guess what you could do? You could just go to the factory mm-hmm. and work there or, or sell cars or something. There was new opportunities created for human labor. Right. What we have now is the destruction of of the need for human labor. Like I used to work, this is in 2012, it was a company that no longer exists, it's called eDiscovery. And basically what that did was, real short, if you're, <clears throat> if you're like a VP at an international company, let's say GM, and you went to some branch in Australia, and you felt up some secretary in Australia. Now GM has a a, a sexual harassment suit, right? Mm-hmm. Now this this VP <clears throat> been traveling around the world at all these GM sites, filling up people, right? <laughs> so traditionally, you would hire a huge law firm and an army of attorneys to go and dig through all type of emails to try and connect his current. A violation with past violations. Mm-hmm. So that's why lawsuits would cost so much money. You got to pay every single attorney by the hour, right? Yeah. Well, e-discovery, all that's been replaced with uh, a CD. You put that on your main server and it would just go through all of your emails forever and find out and find communications that could be construed as sexually harassing. Mm-hmm. And it was so smart in 2012 that it could differentiate between something 
like, hey, I want to see your P U S, you know, and mm-hmm. I want to see your P U and it's a cat. Mm-hmm. Right now, this is in 2012. We're in 2022. 23. So that 23. <laughs> and, yeah, 23. And that software in 2012 basically was the beginning of the elimination of what was called project attorney jobs. Mm-hmm. A lot of attorneys don't, if they work at these huge law firms, they don't get the glitz and glam that you see on TV. They work in projects. They're on teams. They're, they're like, the lower level, I don't want to call it lower level, but they're, they're working groups. And so now you don't need those groups. So what do those attorneys do? They just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on education. They're not, they didn't go to Harvard, Yale, so they don't get instant employment anywhere. So all of those people, their value instantly got cut, yeah. instantly. And at this point, 12 years later or whatever, do they have any value? Right. Because I'm pretty sure that software, that technology is much better than it was in 2012. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, you, I you, agree with that when you're like, when you're definitely replacing a set function with a, another function. And I, and I, I agree with 90% of what you're saying, Dre. Absolutely. But I think to the point where we get where, yeah, I, I think that you're right insofar as, um let, we'll use like classrooms as an example there's probably just going to be some sort of uh like attendant making sure people the kids are learning from their ai and not picking boogers and punching each other that's yeah. probably true and there it's probably true for some artistic stuff definitely because i use ai for my thumbnails and you wouldn't be able to tell it's it comes out awesome yeah. so there's definitely that but we can only get to an AI overlord Terminator 2 Skynet thing if people just completely are, are just there there has to be just so much trust for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I it could go either way. Like I don't I but look at like hard, online though. and I think people are are smart, but then I go out in the real world and I'm like, <laughs> yo man, you got a mask on in your car and a Biden sticker. It's like what the fuck happened? Or <laughs> <laughs> better yet, at the beach. It's not hard though, just because it's real subtle and it happens yeah. in small increments. So the idea of a smartphone, nobody memorizes numbers no more. Everybody right. asks Siri for stuff. You know, you mm-hmm. check your 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 bank statement and stuff online. They're closing the mm-hmm. banks down, so now you're gonna do everything online. There's gonna right. be UBI through your phone. I mean, so right. everything is geared to be able to have in your hand until it's time to put it in your yeah. wrist, your yeah. arm, yeah. your, your chest, your yep. mind. So it's the metaverse, like you know that the Web three development right now is the next version of utilizing blockchain and a network to try to also incorporate mankind into it. So, you know, it's obvious how they're rolling this out, but it's just slow. I think, like I said last week, I don't think we can stop this. I think we can guide it. So you either guide it to a Terminator 2 type of thing, which is where it's going now, because most of this is being led by Marxist people with Marxist ideologies Mm -hmm. who think, you know, we can create a utopia. It doesn't exist. Utopias don't exist. Or you can guide it with ensuring that individual liberties and responsibilities are uh, rooted in this new reality. So when, you know, one day you wake up and, oh, I, you know, the only people who really have jobs are people who do landscaping, plumbing, electricians, uh, stuff you use your masseuse, chiropractic care. 
Uh, other than that, if you got an analyst job, uh, if you're a teacher, mm-hmm. if you're a garbage truck driver, uh, anything that can be, if you're a specialized surgeon, I mean, they're coming after your job with automation. And it's only a matter of time before it happens. So mm-hmm. if you can do your job and ride out into the sunset and retire, that's great. But if you're 10 years old, Right now, you can go on this GPS thing, chat GPT, whatever, and ask for a term paper on, you know, the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Like, so not only do we not remember our phone numbers because it's in our phone, we can't get, give directions like we used to because we just follow GPS. Now, you ain't going to be able to think because you're relying on this computer to get you your term papers and analyze information. And I can well, definitely agree with that. This is the end of innovation. We're done. We have hit the, the brick wall. We talked about this last time when a, a young person has the idea that everything that can be known is already known. No. Mystery is gone. It's mm-hmm. done. There is no more innovation. Like the, the, the transhumanists, the globalists, they call this this time period the end of history. And I agree mm-hmm. with that because we are. We are. Yeah. We're no longer. We, we're not in 2023. We're in 2020, part four. Like we're just. <laughs> this is just happening over and over and over again. And we're moving forward in this in this crazy. Like we're not. We're not going up. We're just going sideways. It's very very weird. Now, Dre, real quick, that uh, that last of us. What was that all about? Yeah. Okay, so my big deal uh, with this is like if, for those who've gone to my. Uh, channel, I had this basically nervous breakdown over The Last of Us Part 2 because The Last of Us 1 is, if you, for the gamers in the, in the chat or whatever, you probably know about this, but in my opinion, The Last of Us 1 mm-hmm. is a video game. It was a game changer. It is, it is the car to the horse and buggy. I mean, it is, and I'll try not to talk too much, but basically... In 2012, I believe it came out, it had the best gameplay and the best graphics. And I'll circle this around to why this is important. Um, And so that sold it on its own. But what made it a game changer was the story. So in my opinion, they wrote a story and built a hell of a game on it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had people at my house and when I'm playing this game and within the 15 minutes, there's a scene in there. I want to give too much away if people want to go see it. Uh, you have people crying or teary-eyed. And I'm playing a video game. Mm-hmm. And this level of character development, engagement, not just with shooting at a target, but caring about the characters and all that stuff. I was like, it's over for movies? Like, why would you go to a movie? This is a movie, mm-hmm. and you're interacting with it, and you pay, what, 12, well, however, however much movies cost back then, mm-hmm. uh, 2012. You paid that or you paid $50 for this game. You can play it over and over. You get something new out of it every time. You know, at a certain point, you won't. But you can play it five or ten times get new stuff out of it. So that's the background of the game. Now, this is why it relates to kind of what we talk about. You go through this whole game. The two main characters is is a a man. Uh, This is a post-apocalyptic thing. Here's the theme, right? (laughs) Everything's about zombies. Uh, and viruses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has to go across the country with this little girl. And that you're playing this game, I think the game from beginning to end, I think 40 to 60 hours you're playing this thing. Um, and at the end of that, you're like, okay, cool. 
but there's a an additional game attached to like the CD or if you got it in a digital package, it was a separate package. So it was like game A and then game the game one and then game one A. Mm-hmm. And game one A was very short. It was like 10 hours. And it's all about the second character who's a little girl. Her name mm-hmm. is Ellie. And in the second game, you find out that she, as an 11 or 12-year-old, is gay. Now, at the time, this is 2012. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I, I said it on my podcast, I, don't, I still don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, you play, you, you like fall in love with this girl and her sexuality means nothing to you. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I mean, she's 11, 12-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. But then they throw in this side game it's like her backstory type of thing mm-hmm. and you find out that she likes girls now i'm like okay i i, I don't know mm-hmm. I, I i just i, I just like, i don't know I, I it was it was thrown at me i, I felt old like maybe mm-hmm. like these new kids like you know i'm kind of old to play games maybe they gather i don't know <laughs> but but then i thought about it in the regular game there's a, a a character that comes into the lives of the main character. You deal with him, and he's pretty cool. He's you know funny. You like him, and at the end of his time on screen, so to speak, you find out he was gay. Mm. Now, but why? I don't know why he was gay, but he was right. Right. character I mean, but even even during the game, right after you find out he was gay, it was so what. They right. didn't throw it in your face like, hey, he's gay. Let's go out and march for this guy. You know, he needs equal rights during this apocalypse. No, you just found out he lost his his uh, partner. And you're like, damn, that's fucked up for him. Let's keep rolling, right? Yeah. Now, then you got The Last of Us Part 2, which is a video game. Mm-hmm. Now, before The Last of Us Part 2 came out, there was an announcement that there would be a movie, HBO series that's coming out on the 15th. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah, that's going to be great. And then The Last of Us Part Two, the video game comes out, I think just like three years ago, right around election time. And man, you talking about the biggest disappointment. It was this real big thing on the internet mm-hmm. about how, you know, they threw a trans- transgender person in the game. They, you know, they killed off the main character. It's basically like white men are horrible. We don't need them. The family structure is just... They put out our woke. Get rid of all of that. that. It just it was woke. It was woke, extra cheese, extra large shape, and every woke thing you could put in there except for furries was in there. You had pregnant women going in the battle. You had this during the apocalypse, man. Like you had, um, yeah, the transgender kid. You have um, uh, a lesbian woman. So Ellie, who's the main character in the first one. She's an adult now. She's like 20. So you expect when you hear that there's a part two and this later, mm-hmm. she's going to be an adult lesbian woman. Okay. Whippy woo, whatever. But she has a girlfriend in The Last of Us Part Two, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But the girlfriend just got out of a relationship with this dude. Okay. So she's bisexual. Then you find out on, these, on the adventure they're on that her girlfriend is pregnant with the dude's baby and they got to go through this apocalyptic thing with this. I'm like, what the hell is this? 
I ain't, I didn't buy this to watch General Hospital. This is what is this? So it looks like so, you got, the, you got like, your money's worth. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very strange soap opera. They threw everything in there. So what I did was I made a prediction about the Last of Us HBO series, and I mm-hmm. said they they have a softball because it's about the first one. It's a mm-hmm. softball. Stick to the script. Make sure you get some good actors. It's a slam dunk. Everybody loves that story. If you got some good graphics behind it, it's slam dunk. Then I said, but I, you know what they're going to do? They're going to push this LGBTQ woke whatever, right? They got it. They're going to do it. You got to. No, but here's the thing. Go woke, go broke. Every time they do that, they fail. Mm-hmm. So there's not, I just heard, I was looking for reviews. They, they gave the reviews. Um, everybody's like, it's the greatest thing ever, greatest thing ever. Nobody has anything bad to say about it, so, you know, they're paid chills. But um, they took the gay man I talked about earlier, and they took the small game portion where Ellie reveals that she's gay mm-hmm. and gave them two whole, two whole, two whole episodes. Mm-hmm. So you got nine episodes. Basically, one episode is about the gay guy, and you didn't even know it was gay mm-hmm. until the very last minute. You found out he was gay because it was a note on the desk. Now he gets a whole show, <laughs> and then the the girl who you find out she was gay in a separate game, you find out she's gay in a whole show. So this narrative. Now we bring it back to the the subject. Reason why this is so important is because it's a game. And games are aimed at children. Hmm. And while we're up here talking about, hey, you ain't going to have no job or, you know, uh, this politician ain't shit and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) They after your kids, man. They after your children. You really have to watch what's being presented to your children in comic books and video games. And I just got off the phone with one of my best friends. He's a gay guy, married to another guy. Um, and it's not about you being gay. That's between you and your maker, whatever. Mm-hmm. But to present like the patriarchal man and woman, the marriage between man and woman, uh, the family structure as something bad, mm-hmm. that's a problem. And that's what's being pushed by this wokeness in Comics, games, movies, uh, everything. Yeah, I think that's something people need to look out for. Speaking of which, I did see this. Uh, somebody said the Joker from yep. DC Comics is currently pregnant. You know, <laughs> I shared yep. that with you. Okay. Yeah. So I so that stuff like that that level of stuff has are is they they've already planned to bring it into it. So it's just you know like, but then again, within the next year or two, it's going to be the no. It, it runs the risk of being the norm, and everything mm-hmm. prior to will be swept away, especially. If a primary source of information comes from chat GPT sources, because yeah. we're going to erase anything biblical, anything God fearing, anything constitutional, yep. you know, yep. government is, you know, not, you know, governments, they're going to say something like government is your master, you know, say so we were yeah. never free, you know, so yeah. Yeah. and 20 years from now, kids are like, yeah, like we were always slaves. Yeah. We always been yeah. pay taxes. Oh, yeah. so speaking, <laughs> of which, speaking of which, um, let, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. I want to get your guys' thoughts on, um, the House of Representatives low-key saying that we don't really have to pay taxes. You know, it's just not official yet, but what are your guys' thoughts on uh, 
you know, the IRS, IRS tax. I thought, <laughs> and you might know better, but I'm pretty sure the income tax was always supposed to be temporary. Mm-hmm. I know that's true. And I believe it's somehow tied to the 13th Amendment. Um, I Off the top of my head, I, I this could all be wrong. But so this is never going to happen, clearly. Yeah. Um, because if this were to somehow theoretically pass, the country collapses. We have way too much bloated crap, too many federal employees. You know, there there are certain programs that are running right now that people rely on that would just stop, and that's bad. So it's we are in like a uh, a catch twenty two. We're like, yes, this is awesome. I, I would love to see it happen, but at the same time, like in a realistic sort of way. If this were to happen, like, oh God, like, bar, this is the, bar the door. This is the Republican Freedom Caucus playing political games, and I'm all for it because this is what the Democrats do all the time. So now the Democrats are going to be forced to vote in favor of, of keeping raising, the keeping IRS. Taxes. Yep. And they're going yep. to be forced. To, I think, Mike, on your show, you were talking about they also threw in audit the Fed. So they're going to be forced to vote not to audit the Fed. But going back to the IRS, I'm pretty sure. I I think I've heard somewhere, maybe even law school, like you, there is no law that you have to pay the IRS. Mm -hmm. Because when the IRS first came about, the only people who paid, it was very few. It was a minute percentage of people who actually paid income tax. No, you're correct. Right? And then you it just got to... kept expanding, expanding, expanding. Where now, you know, people in the uterus got to pay income tax, basically. So <laughs> it's not uh, illegal to owe taxes. You could owe as many taxes as possible, as long as you're not lying about what you owe. I I believe, like Dre is saying, it is not illegal to owe taxes. It is illegal to lie about the money you're making. As long as you're telling <laughs> the truth, you're not paying them, there's nothing they can do about. It. When you sign your signature at the very bottom, you're basically giving them the right to go into your personal financial letter because you're saying everything above that you are claiming is truth. And that Mm. right there in of itself is the crime that they'll use. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no better example of a person who basically gave his life for the truth of this illegality of taxation other than uh, Erwin Schiff, Schiff, father. And so yeah. this book here, like, you know, it was $70, but this is a, this is a, this has been a game changer for a lot of people, but this is one Can of you explain many other who Erwin Schiff is for me, maybe since I don't know who he is. So Erwin Schiff is Peter Schiff's father. Like, so oh. Peter Schiff, the gold, uh, gold bug, Kermit, yeah. his daddy, for the most part of his life, he spent the last remaining years of his life in jail, in jail. for that book. And he was, t- he, he, you know, they never proved that what he was saying was wrong. They just went after him for all types of other things. <laughs> and they said, you're not allowed to sell those books and not allowed to promote yeah. this information. He kept doing it, so they got him on some bogus charge, yeah. and they end up keeping him in jail for ten plus years, and he end up dying in jail, unfortunately. Yeah. But once yeah. again, he they I got his can't prove. But I got his other book, uh, the one before that. I can't think of what is what it the is. It's on the, no, um, I could leave the screen and run and get it, but I don't want to do that. Uh, it's it's banned too. Um, yeah. It, it, but anyway, that's the narrative. Like, if they control the narrative, it's another one. Mm-hmm. It's got Uncle Sam on it. Ah. Anyway, all right, I figured uh, out. Yeah, it's um. But, but that's the narrative. That, 
is it correct that it's not illegal to owe taxes? You can just owe and owe and owe, but as long as you're not lying about it, is that correct? Do you guys, either of you know that? I don't know. I, I've never, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched all the ownership videos and I have a good understanding that basically any minute, if you stopped, like, you know, like you have a lot of different ways that you can get away with it. But then again, they'll make an example of you. So unless we all do it collectively type like of thing, Yamish. like you can always be that example that they'll use to make. And then this honestly, is, go ahead. I was going to say, this is the example I always use when I'm talking to people. You know why the Amish don't pay taxes? Because they don't pay taxes as a group. And that's it. They, they just don't do it. And there's no force of will to come and stomp down on some butter churners in rural Pennsylvania because it's a bad look for everybody. And that's how they get away. With I didn't know they. I didn't never even considered that that they didn't pay taxes. So what about what about Native Native Americans on reservations and stuff like that? That I'm not sure about. I just know the Amish. Hmm. But I'm sure the Native Americans too have some sort of carve out because it's like this bleeding heart thing. I mean, they definitely. <sighs> I'm not gonna say they didn't get a little fucked. <laughs> so uh we'll be about 48 minutes. So I'm I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on I guess this this new, I would say quote unquote new House of Representative being GOP led. You know, what other shenanigans or what other uh, I guess things that they're gonna what other wrenches they're gonna try to throw in the mix to really expose the extreme left and probably mm. create more of a of a battle. We got the uh the debt ceiling debacle um seven days. Yeah, so whether it be like a stall off government gonna shut down once again, but it always, you know, it doesn't last long, but right. you know, could this be the big one? You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be entertaining, man. <laughs> well, there's like a lot of uh, over there. <laughs> there's a lot of like political pundits, especially like Steve Bannon and um a lot of people who have a lot of influence behind the scenes, especially with the GOP. Mm-hmm. And they've been calling since the beginning of this new ha- this new Congress is like, no, 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 we're not waiting until the debt ceiling becomes a problem to where yeah. you have a shotgun to our heads and saying right. we're out of money and we need to raise the debt limit. We're talking about this right now. That was yeah. in the new rules package. And then I just read an article on Zero Hedge before we came on that the debt ceiling is going to need to be increased in something like seven days when their expectation was September at the end of the fiscal year, September, October, whenever the fiscal year is over nine months from now. So this conversation is coming quickly. Mm-hmm. And, and unfortunately just, just brass tacks. We can't raise the debt. We can't do it anymore. We don't have the money. You have Saudi Arabia accepting the yuan for oil. Things are changing. Mm-hmm. And I do have hope that this Congress at least has a little bit of stones to, to just bring the conversation up, whether it gets raised or not. I don't know. I'm done making predictions. I keep screwing that up, but I'm, I'm That's hoping fine. that they at least have the stones to, to bring the, bring the, the, the conversation to the people and say, Hey, this is why we can't do this anymore because every trillion dollars we raise. This is another, is a, is another loaf of bread. Your grandchild's not going to get or whatever the case. So that I think is going to be the most interesting thing to watch coming up. Yeah, I I, I have no faith. I, well, I think <laughs> the the most important thing they can do is like they did with holding up McCarthy's uh, inauguration or whatever is putting exposing this. I, yeah. It's not being exposed. Like us three knowing about it and and the people in the chat room knowing about it. We're not enough. We need. More than 51% of Americans to realize that the Fed needs to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these politicians are bought and sold by somebody outside of the United States. 
until more people realize that, until Americans grab hold of the narrative, so to speak, I mean, it's going to be the same old thing. Now, speaking of prediction, here's one that's crazy, but I thought about it the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, We we kind of mentioned this earlier about Biden, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get rid of Biden and put in uh, Harris, right? Mm -hmm. And why would you want to do that? Well, look at the defense mechanism you have if you have President Harris. Mm-hmm. Tom, I dare you to complain about President Harris because as soon as you do, I'm going to call you a racist. racist. Then yeah. I'm going to call you a misogynist. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to have my press secretary, who's also uh, black, African-American, whatever. You, you got to go through her. And she's a part of the LGBTQ community. So uh, you don't want to touch that, right? So, so you can't do that. So if you have President Harris at the forefront and you don't kick Biden to the curb, he ain't gonna know no difference anyway. <laughs> you you can usher in all type of executive orders for the you know World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. and who's going too late? Package right? it up. So for the first time in my life, uh-huh. I really want Biden to stay in office. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> at least you can attack Biden, like you know you. Dumb ass old blah blah blah. <laughs> Ain't nobody gonna call you nothing. Like you know what I mean? He has no defense. He, right. He's an old white man. So you know, nobody. You know yeah. the value of that is going down every day with this woke. Well, so, Andre, if you didn't vote for him, you ain't black. At least that's what he I, said. Yeah, I know. I, hey, hey, I ain't been. According to some people, I ain't been black for a long time. And that's because uh-huh. I ain't got no illegitimate kids. I got education. <laughs> you know what I mean? I ain't. I, I can't I'm say I've never been to jail. I've been to jail. I've been to jail, and Mike could get a kick out of this. This is like a, a you know, what Farmington Hills is. I mean, uh-huh. Farmington, yeah. Farmington. There's a little town. It's like four blocks wide by four blocks long. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's Oak Hill or something. Anyway, I got. I I had some. I shouldn't be telling this story, but. I, I got arrested for bad plates, taken to jail during a Pistons championship game, <laughs> called my stepdad, said, hey, I'm in jail. Can you come get me? He said, I'll get you after the game is over. The cops <laughs> felt so bad for me. You know, they, have, they ain't closed the jail anyway. The, 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 the thing was open, right? I can come and go as I want. But yeah. the lady there, she gave me a plate of brownies and some milk, man. She was like, oh, that's just that's just sad. So I sat in jail watching the Pistons game. And I was at Hope Oak. Anyway, it's next to Farm. I've never, uh, I've never heard of it, man. Yeah, you you just fly straight through it. You'll never know. It's right on Wilbur. You just fly straight through it. It's like four blocks by four blocks. Oh, man. Anyway, well, gentlemen, that's my prediction. Um, Let's get ready to wind it down, man. As always, it's good. Got some good laughs. It's just good to hang out and just, you know, talk and, you know, get caught up on ca- caught up to speed on a variety of subjects that I'm not able to focus on myself, especially political ram as well as social events, things like that. So appreciate you guys. And I also want to make sure everybody's aware, uh, just where you go find everybody at, The Coming Conflict is on Rumble. Go check them out. Then we got Andre, the broke capitalist, on YouTube. Sure. Go check them out. And also, I want to definitely make sure I plug up. Oops, where I want? Let me find your book. Where's the book at the book at? Uh, Mr. Andre is an author, so whenever I find that book, give me uh, give me one second here. I'll definitely put it on the screen here. Let me, uh, no, I'll put it on here. Let me see if I can find. Now I gotta find it, Dre. In the chat. Uh, I did put it on here, but uh, I'll put it in the video description because it was up here. But it's on uh, Audible too. 
Yeah, it's on Audible. Let me get it real quick. I want to definitely do my. But this one is uh, I got a couple of books out there, and this one is uh, the title is "Things I Wish I Learned in February." Right, and it's hard to find on YouTube. I mean, on Amazon, it's buried deep. You got, I mean, I typed in the title and my name, and it didn't come up. So on my channel, on my YouTube channel, I just put the link in there, man. So um, (laughs) it's. It's, it's sad. It's, it's bad. It's bad is what it is. Because basically, I wanted to present, you know, I, I was calling Black History Month Black Victimization Month because that's mm-hmm. all you learn about was like how bad Black folks had it. So I wanted to give an alternate story there, uh, give some alternate, not alternate facts, but facts you don't hear about that totally put the narrative like on blast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Some really good stuff. Uh, pictures in there as well. Hey, it's Black History Month coming up. Get one, buy one for your friend. And stuff. It's about 60, 60 something, 70 something pages. Uh, change your life, all that stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> all right, man. Well, gentlemen, as always, good to connect with you. Appreciate everybody for hanging out with us. Hit that thumbs up button. Go check out these gentlemen and as well as just, you know, continue to keep your head up, stay prayed up, and, uh, you know, try to crack a smile amongst all this craziness. So, yes, sir. Uh, but all right, gentlemen, be blessed, be safe. See you guys later. Have all right. Peace. Night.